0: Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solace and with me is my very, very talented friend who is as caring as she is fearless. She is a mixtress, DC Gina. Hey, Louise, how are you today? I'm good, lovely. How are you? You know, I'm looking at a snow-filled scenery here, and it looks like some sort of wonderland, but you know. Yeah, it's lovely, I'm sure. It's, it's yeah. beautiful lighting. It's beautiful lighting, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> you look beautiful. Yeah. All right, have, uh, so today's show is, we, I just, you know, I usually go take us off on this silly rant, but i really like to hit us with some, uh, maybe some hard numbers, but... Um, It's it's a very meaningful um, episode, especially with our guest today. So, um, Gina, it's predicted that by the end of the year, more than 50 million people will experience food insecurity. And what that means is that's one in six Americans and one in four children. Um, And unfortunately, this number has um, nearly uh, increased by 50 percent since 2019. Um, A study done by Northwestern University in June found that food needs have doubled nationally and as and and again, unfortunately, tripled for households with children. Um, and this current pandemic that we find ourselves in has shown has unfortunately shown true for how many to the fact that there are many, many, many people who are just merely one paycheck or one medical bill away from what a true hunger. Um, and I don't think. Um, that I, I know that I don't go through the world actually knowing what that truly means, so hearing these statistics is really hard for me. Um, and I know all of this sounds really dire, and it is, it definitely, definitely is, but what I'm hoping we can do with this episode is that we can inspire our listeners to be the change that we all want to see, and that, um... And not to feel like there's nothing we can do, but to feel that together with every little, little thing that we do, every single one of our efforts, big and small, can truly make a change in someone's life. And, and we may not see it, but we know that that ripple uh, effect really does make a difference. So... Let's get inspired. Let's get empowered. And let's introduce today's designated drinker and just cut to the chase and find out how we can all make an impact on the world. Let's introduce today's designated drinker. She is the co-founder. Again, she's inspiring, empowering, engaging. She is Debbie Shore, co-founder of Share Our Strength. Welcome to the show, Debbie.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Welcome. Great to be here.
0: Great. Gina, I know you and Debbie have known each other for a while, though, right? I
2: have done fundraising for Shine for almost
0: 15 years.
1: A lot of years. Yeah. Dinners, Taste of the Nations. You've just, you've been with us for a long time.
2: Chicago, New York, Philly, D.C. It's been, um, it's, I always hoped that there was a mantra a while that we could end childhood hunger in, in uh, you know, 15, 20 years, and this pandemic is, it's heartbreaking because all of us work so hard to like help. And I would just really wanted um, this holiday season when people were, you know, looking for that gift to give, Debbie, and like that, you know, like, what am I gonna, what else can I buy somebody that has everything? You know, you can buy them as, you know, 20 meals for a family that needs it, or, you know, feel good about what you've been doing because like um, people like myself, I don't have a lot to give and I give a lot. And I give time and, and, um, you know, product or whatever it is, events, proceeds from my restaurant that's barely hanging on for the fundraiser. And there's a lot of people that could really write a check that would be meaningful to just people in your area. So, like, can we talk about that? Can you talk about,
1: like,
2: foundation and how you did this and how you got started and and why? Why is it so important that people – reach within themselves and say, you know what? I can make a change.
1: Well, I- the, the, the first thing I want to say, Gina, is that the work that you've done with us, um, which has been a, just a strong example of what local restaurants, chefs, mixologists have done from the beginning of our, of our organization's time has just been extraordinary. And it's just, you know, I think about it every day, how people in the restaurant industry, um, you know, care so much about the community and they show up in, for so many organizations, not just ours, not just Share Our Strength and every campaign, but um, the industry is just as giving, um, you know, as any industry I could think of. So thank you for all the years and there'll be more years to come, I promise. We'll we'll, we'll be back in a few months. We're gonna be doing events, I hope, but-
2: Of course. Um,
1: yeah, but you know, Louise, you said at one point uh, when you opened up just how dire the situation is, and that's true. Although I would say that the one, you know, kind of bright spot, not that there's a bright spot in this pandemic, but the one positive that I can point to is, you know, childhood hunger, unlike so many issues that we care about, um, has a solution. And it's, it's, you know, the solution really is about access and connecting kids, um, connecting a hungry child. And this country has enough food and enough programs and enough services to do that. What we do uh, at the No Can Hungry campaign is figure out whatever the barrier is, right? So our funding goes to literally hundreds and hundreds of organizations around the United States, everything from schools right now, because schools had a pivot from feeding kids in school, right? That the core of our campaign was always around leveraging uh, meals at school, you know, for school breakfast and after school meals and summer meals, right? And then when schools closed, we had to pivot really quickly And we were able to provide meals outside of the school for families to come and pick it up, but also, you know, food banks and shelters and feeding programs and pantries, um, boys and girls clubs, and and whatever that, uh, you know, entity needed, whether it's, you know, PPE for the deliveries, whether it's transportation, whether it's, uh, you know, carts or, um, you know, whatever materials that that school or that center needs, we're on the ground to, to provide it. So our job has really been to understand the barriers around access and to knock those barriers down. And that's what we've been able to do. We've um, we've just invested uh, by the end of 2020, since the pandemic started, we've done about $55 million in emergency grants wow. around the United States to like that's more than amazing. 1700 organizations. around. See, the like I said, we were all going to get
0: inspired. That is amazing.
1: Well, you know, the, the, the thing that inspires me about this issue is when you understand why kids are hungry in America. Um, again, we don't have a drought. We don't have a civil war. Thank goodness. And, and we have plenty of food. So it's really about connecting them to the food that they need. And, and we can do that through all the great services. Uh, you know, here in D.C., there are just so many entities that are feeding kids right now. Um, and, and Share Our Strength is on the ground, meeting people where they are, meeting kids and families where it's needed.
0: I think that's one part that um, not everyone quite understands that how important the school meal really is for so many of our kids across the nation. Well, it's, it's, um, it's, and and for some
1: kids, the only meal that they get is breakfast and lunch, you know, yeah. uh, that day. So, you know, when the weekend rolls around and when summer rolls around, it could be very challenging for, for kids. Um, but wh- one other thing I want to mention is it's as important as the grant. So we've got our grant making strategy but we also have a pretty muscular advocacy arm that we've developed. And Gina, you know, you've been working with us for 15 years. We weren't really doing advocacy 15 years ago, but when we decided to end childhood hunger, not fight it, not decrease it, but actually end it, we recognize the need for policy change um, and for advocacy efforts. So if, since the pandemic, um, two things that are just real important that I'll touch on quickly. One is, uh, we've been able to get uh, passed through congress what's called PEBT which is the pandemic electronic benefit transfer so the electronic benefit transfer as a snap card right for families that are on snap benefits when their kids are out of school we got money added equivalent to the to the price of the meal that they would have had at school onto their snap card which was a huge benefit for families I bet. Uh, and they were and we were able to it was originally done through the calendar year you know, which would end like in a couple weeks. But now yeah. it's extended through the school year. So huge. The other piece to that is instead of just getting the one meal for the child at school, now they're able to pick up meals for multiple members of their family and for more than one day at a time. So those waivers, those extensions, are critical for families in need. And the last thing that hasn't happened yet, but we hope it will, through this next stimulus package that's in front of Congress now, is an increase in SNAP benefits of $15. I'm sorry, 15% increase on top of what families are getting. Uh, that amount of money will make a huge difference for families in this pandemic. As you said, people are on the edge. They were on the edge before, but man, I mean, with 30 million people unemployed um, and, and many of them in, in, in the low wage uh, you know, labor force, really, really struggling. So that increase on their SNAP benefits, if we can get it would just be a, a huge, uh, huge benefit.
0: It seems like such a small amount for many of us. I mean, a 15% increase of anything, but I mean, to your, what you're talking about, an increase that can actually change people's lives, that yeah. honestly, where they have a solid meal and can... Um, not worry about um, putting their children to bed too early because they can't feed them or putting right. them to bed early so that they don't have to face the fact that their children are, are hungry. And that's what's really happening. It's, it's, it's really sad. So I applaud you for even having the foresight to start this so long ago, and your efforts now are, couldn't be more needed. So thank you. Thank you for showing us that um, we all have the ability to do this. It's, it's, some, it's, it's some facet. I mean, we may may well, not be opening a beautiful, an entire organization like you have, but there's no, voice, voice for us to support. Gina knows this
1: because she's been sharing her strength with us for 15 years. But when you, the, the name of the organization, which I'm not kidding you, I think about it almost every day, and it's been 34 years. The name is so powerful to me. The No Can Campaign is a campaign, a great campaign, but it's part of a national organization uh, called Share Our Strength. And- that um you know just just that that notion that everybody has a strength to share a passion a talent a skill right everybody has something um and and we've seen that in the industry we've seen that through Gina's efforts over the last 15 years and thousands of other chefs across the country and not just chefs you know we we recently tapped into a um gentleman by the name of Isaac Calpito was is a fit and line he's a he's kind of an instructor to the stars right but he's online doing his classes for free for free every day at 11 o'clock and he's raised over a million dollars for an open campaign yeah oh that's amazing, amazing. Yeah. in the last six seven months um so it's not just for chefs but I mean chefs have been the backbone of Sarah's strength. but you know uh, you know, doctors and lawyers and business leaders and corporate partners and so many people have come to the forefront because they recognize that kids are the future. You know, we, we, we can't have a strong country if we don't have strong kids. And, uh, oh. and and people, you know, people understand that. So I think most people are really willing to, to, to give something yeah. of themselves, even if they don't have, you know, uh, a big check to write. They, they can certainly make a difference.
0: Absolutely. I, I always like to um, say that we're only as strong as our weakest link, which means all of our children need education. But to your point, all of them need a, a meal even before you get to that point. They, they need to be able to you were to actually have a decent meal. You were telling me about uh, when we chatted earlier about that. You, the difference of just the first moment of just realizing children sitting in the in the cafeteria in the morning was a stigma, and even when you said you were talking about coming over overcoming hurdles, um, I thought that was really interesting. Will you share that?
1: Well, that's that's really one of the biggest hurdles, and and what's very core to our strategy. And this is of course when kids are in school. Um, but the, the the two biggest barriers of the school breakfast participation rates are kids feeling stigmatized, embarrassed to kind of go into the poor kids line and you know get that free meal, um, and and they're so embarrassed they they don't do it. You know, like so many kids just don't and we know they don't do it because they're, you know, 20 million plus kids are eligible for school lunch, but they're all there, you know, at the same time. They don't have to go in early. Everyone's there in the cafeteria. But breakfast is kind of a separate thing. And only half of the kids that were eligible were getting breakfast. We knew they were all eligible. So we start to talk to teachers and kids and understand what the barrier was and our strategy, which was simple, but hard to do because people are used to doing things the way they want to do them, is to get breakfast out of the cafeteria and into the first period in the classroom. So breakfast in the classroom, breakfast after the bell, you know, we call it both things, became our North Star with with the breakfast campaign. And boy, did we see participation rates just soar. And with that, you know, better grades, better attention, fewer visits to the nurse, better behavior. You know, better test scores. All these things happened, um, which teachers saw and principals saw. And, you know, slowly we were able to, you know, we, we were going school to school, if you can believe it, for, wow. I don't know, the first year or so talking to school. By, but then, of course, once everyone started to recognize that this was a real benefit, not just to the child, but to the children around them and to the school and to the community and so on, uh, it started to take hold. So we know the solutions. It's really a matter of the political will uh, and and the you know kind of the individual will to get them done and and that's the part that inspires me. You know, it it's hard enough to work on an issue that you care about deeply that has no solution. There are many, yes, unfortunately, um, they're worth working on. Don't get me wrong; they're absolutely worth working on, but they the solutions are not as tangible, you know, um, and, and they're not as easy to measure and prove. But this is, and so. You know, in a, in a country that is so wealthy, uh, in so many ways, still, even through everything we've been through, um, we still have hunger. And so, you know, you 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 know the the, the positive there is that we know how to we know how to um, solve it.
0: So, Gina, from the other flip side, since you've been involved for so long, we share what you get from it. Yeah, but I want I want to say one thing
2: about. Um, what I was just talking about So I have, I have children now, and I didn't have children when I first started. And um, my daughter started school last year in uh, PG County. And I saw, you know, I, I've only seen a different side of this. Like we're going to raise money for this, Gina, do this event. Gina, we're going to put this on your social media, help us do whatever. Right. And I never saw the program in place when they started doing breakfast, I found I saw that program in place when I took my daughter John to school in PG County in Maryland and it was amazing because for so long I just you know it's just raised money it didn't didn't it's not that it didn't mean anything to me because it did yeah. it means everything to me because I yeah. don't think that children ever deserve to be hungry because they didn't ask for it and That's right I have children now and it just hurts to think that like a kid across the way could be starving, right yeah. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to get to right, but I always do. But to see that breakfast be delivered to children in that classroom. And I'm sitting there taking my girls to school and Gianna's, you know, classmates are getting it. And Gianna asked me, she goes, you know, they get breakfast every day. You know, And I don't get breakfast here. I have to eat breakfast at home. And I said, do you want to eat breakfast at school? And she's like, I do. Because she had a, girl, a little girl she was friends with. I said, great. And I, I used to bring her breakfast to sit there with her friends. And her teacher was like, why would you do that? I'm like, and I said to her, I was like, you know, and her teacher was very nice. And I said to her, I was like, you know what? You shouldn't be made to feel different because you're because of your situation. No five-year-old made that situation. right? You know, and not every parent, it's out of their control. You know, things happen. People right. get sick in families. Parents die. I, you know, there are, yeah. there are very tragic things that happen to people that are not just... You know, everyone's not, I I don't know why everyone always assumes that people that are hungry in this country are on drugs or something. You're you're right,
1: It's it's, There are so many kind of myths out there. Um, and, And, you know, one of the things we always say is that one of the reasons we focused on kids was because they're completely voiceless and vulnerable as children. You know, and, and it's not that, it, and you're right. You know, there's very, very few cases where a parent—I've never met one once in 34 years—and then a parent that didn't want to feed their child, their children. Of course they do. You know, but sometimes they're deciding between you no know, heat or rent or food and you know medicine. They're struggling. Um, yes. So you're right. It's you know, it's it's not the fault of of the parent. But it's certainly not the fault of the child who's young and doesn't doesn't lobby, doesn't go to Capitol Hill, doesn't vote. You know, doesn't really have a voice in the in the situation. I,
2: I, say that i was 100 percent when i was younger and i started doing this i was probably a little naive to like the fact of like your neighbor is receiving benefits do you know what i mean and then when you guys started the backpack program i mean mm-hmm. i can't and i remember when you first started doing that asking for volunteers in dc to pack backpacks and we went and did it and you know when you saw how many people were coming and like there was only a meal in there for the kid and then Mm -hmm. those kids were sharing it with siblings at home of course we did everything to raise more money to get the second meal for the family because i or that a family was sharing that backpack program over the summer and i'm thinking like i work in a restaurant and like we eat the most ridiculous things right and i'm like do you have to really eat those ridiculous things sometimes you know and i'm like we can give more. I don't know what it, I don't know what more you give, but you give more, and you give more money or whatever it is that it needs to be. Because when I, I challenge everybody this year to really look inside of yourself, you survived twenty twenty, and you're listening to this podcast, and you're probably driving to the grocery store or work or wherever it is, and you're, you're like thirty minutes, no big deal, popping it in. You're listening. To, I challenge you to find some time or some money or a gift or all the people you white elephant gifts to, forget the white elephant. Give them, go to, go to share, go to, um, Debbie, tell me the website exactly. Yeah, uh, nokinhungry.org is all go you need there, to know. Yeah, Go there and there is so many denominations you can choose from and then there's the other. So if you wanna give a dollar, give a dollar. It doesn't matter because that is going to make all the difference because you're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to say, you know what? I didn't do a white elephant in my office for $20 a person. And it's really funny. I gave a meal to family for a week for this amount. And I think that's, what's different. So you're home. You can't go to an event. We can host an event. Are we willing to do anything to get somebody to give so that I know that these kids in, you know, in PG County, this one school district ate for Christmas. Do you know what I mean? I, I just think that like, there's so much more we can do.
1: And I- know, in, in the school system, this doesn't apply outside of the schools as much, but in the school system, $1 connects a kid up to 10 meals. So that's a great, you know, that's a great equivalency for people to know. Um, uh, again, that's not necessarily the, the, the same equivalency outside of the school, but in the schools, where we do a lot of work. One dollar connects a kid up to 10 meals. Wow. So to your point, Gina, it's, you know, there's, uh, it doesn't take a lot um, for, for people to make a difference. Really yeah, it.
0: I think it's when you think about it all year round, because um, to be honest, when we're recording this, we are before Christmas. When this probably airs, it'll definitely be post-Christmas. So the thing is part of the new year, I think that we can look for those opportunities all the time. And to your point, Gina, um, maybe it's one less cappuccino. Maybe it's one less whatever or um, things that we we don't even think about money. I would love a Valentine.
2: I would love a Valentine that said somebody donated on my behalf. Yeah, absolutely. I would. would, That would be the greatest Valentine of my life. Or, you know, I, I don't need an Easter egg. I don't need Passover or something like that or a big meal. I don't I've gotten all those things. I don't need that. I need people to look inside themselves and say, You know, I live in DC and there's a lot of people on benefits there. And you could say, what can I do? What can I give? How do I ensure that this kid is gonna do better so when I'm old and gray and in a nursing home, that this kid is gonna make a better decision for the country that I help support? You know, like they are our future. And you're foolish to think that a hungry kid in DC doesn't affect adults uh, and a 40-year-old in Texas at some point in your life. It
0: well, it's, all, it's also does. What, what future does that child have? I, you know, it's, it is that weakest link, right? What, what, by not um, giving every child every opportunity, what are we missing out? To your point, Gina, it's a little selfish. They could hold the secret to... They, sure COVID, they could cancer, they could yeah. find, you know, the next energy that's going, you know, a form of energy, any of those things. And it really boils down to a pretty selfish space where, you know, yeah. everyone says, oh, we're saving the planet. I'm like, no, we're saving ourselves. You know, like there's a, there's a point to if if you can't find it within yourself, it's actually pretty. I think charity is I find it to be a very selfish um space to be honest because i i know um i don't need anyone to know i just i know when i give i feel good about it so i myself get that 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 endorphin or that you know i don't need to i don't need to advertise it i just i feel better for it so you know and speaking of feeling on, better
1: on what gina said though um james baldwin you know the author he's got mm-hmm. this great quote that that i love and he says um these are all our children and we will pay for or profit by whatever they become so absolutely, it's 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 true. If you know, if you recognize the, the power of um, um, how they will reach their full potential in the community, then it kind of puts a little bit of a different perspective. on Yeah,
0: whether they do or don't, I mean, we pay the price either way. Very yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Gina, shall we make yes. a cocktail and cheers all this hard work that Debbie's doing?
2: Yes, we should. And I had I had to tell you, I have so much so many sunglasses and all the things and i and i i recently moved and i couldn't find anything but when i was thinking of you and what we we're going to make i had to use a mandarin because it was just orange enough this time of year because you're the best There our colors is, is this the color and you know i always maybe it's ingrained in my head but every time i see an like, that color i'm always like that's the one. It's working. Our brand is working. Yeah, I love it. And I've got orange juice, so that counts too, right? Yes, absolutely. So today we're gonna make a mandarin mezcal margarita. And as and and, and this is the season, whether you're listening to this in a few weeks or whatever, uh, so the mandarins are in uh, season and they're lovely and they're gorgeous and you can get them in your grocery store. And you could also make a non-alcoholic version of this for your kids, and if you're if you have children at home, you basically would only put the fruit in there, and that's it, right? It, it, so, Gina, am I making mine at the same time, or am I just? No, my you can wife? make yours with me. We can slow
1: down, and you'll make it with me. No, nah, I'm good. I just I didn't know if I was doing yeah. it at the same time. Yes, I'm now yes. measuring
2: because I yes. need to measure. All right, so we are going to take our uh, mezcal, and I'm using uh, Durumus, which is a uh, oh, it's a let me see it's that a that. A, you see it right here
1: okay tell me about that so this is
2: a wild met ready it's a wild agave
1: Yep.
2: they um go and collect and it's not and it's but what's really funny is that all agave is technically uh wild because there's no seed for agave they have to take it off the main plant so the main plant dies it dies so um so this is uh from san louis it is literally delicious it's a joven it's a young mezcal It's really quite lovely. I think it's one of those things that when you're, um, you know, choosing something to make a mezcal margarita with, you want something a little bit young and bright, um, because you're going to put some citrus in it and your uh, mandarin juice or orange juice and lime. And then we're going to put um, in this, we put two ounces of the mezcal and we're going to put one ounce of either Grand Marnier or a Cointreau, it's kind of up to you. You can use a simple syrup if you'd like, but why not put the extra alcohol in when you have the opportunity? <laughs> <laughs> so we have a two to one ratio, right? No big shakes. Then we're gonna put in one ounce of um, lime juice. And we're gonna do a fresh squeeze lime juice. Me too. Because um, I mean, so delicious, right? Yep. And then I'm gonna cut my uh, mandarin while I'm doing this. So I'm gonna give you a little advice about a mandarin. When you're doing it, they're really, 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 really big. So just use your hands to do it. You can use a, a juicer if you want, hand juicer, but as long as you um, you know, have a little bit of strength in your hands it's more than enough. So we're gonna take that half of lime and we're gonna squeeze it into our shaker. And that's about an ounce. And then you can put this in there, but it doesn't fit as you can see. So I'm just going to squeeze it straight in. Uh, If you want to pre-squeeze this like ahead of time, you know, you're more than welcome to, here's a trick. You just take it and you squeeze it like uh, down the center and you Mm -hmm. can take a fork if you want to run across the edge and get more of the juice in there. But you're looking to basically double the juice. So basically here we go. Two ounces of Mezcal, one ounce of Grand Marnier, one ounce of lime juice, two ounces of the mandarin juice. And you're gonna get this really beautiful, bright, gorgeous orange color. And we're gonna give it a shake. We're gonna fill this with ice. And I'm gonna put my little topper on. And we're gonna shake it up. mine but you know when it's done <laughs> when you can you can't shake it, mine it, too
1: strong because it spills
2: <laughs> yeah so you know when it's done when you have a nice frost on the outside of your shaker tin if you don't have a shaker tin, snapware works an old uh to goat container from your local restaurant whatever you have is 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 great when you're making a cocktail so in the new year i'm trying to brighten things up and, make it a little bit um, happy you can serve this drink up or over ice I happen to have this cute little disco ball um drink holder and I would love it if you if you did yours up or however you like to drink it um we're gonna pour this in and I'm just gonna show you the color because it's just really pretty and I'm pouring it into my drink and we're gonna get a little ribbon going And if you wanted to put salt on this, you're more than welcome to, you don't have to. This drink is just lovely on its own. And it's got plenty of vitamin C, so you could feel like, you know, maybe it's a morning
1: cocktail. Look at that, that is so cute.
2: So. Gina, you know know what I do with mine? Go.
1: I, I don't have it with me, but I, um, here, I'm pouring one in. Gorgeous. I, lo- I love my, I love my little margarita glass. I'm very particular. I like the little So glass. cute. And I like, but I always have a piece of jalapeno in there. A slice of jalapeno. And I let it steep in the free, I put the whole thing in the freezer for like an hour. So it's icy cold. I don't like ice in my drink. With my little jalapeno.
2: Yeah. Wait, hold on. I love that idea. Ancho Reyes. You need to buy this. It's. It's a habanero or jalapeno. They make two different kinds. Agave liqueur. You use it instead of Grand Marnier. Oh, okay. What's it called? Ancho Reyes. Okay, I need it. It's pretty new and it's delicious. And if you're like a, I was just talking about a jalapeno margaritas and the people that use it and they're like, oh, but then they get have to save the jalapeno. And I'm like, Ancho Reyes is a solution to that. It's distilled agave spirit. It's not technically tequila because it's a liqueur with... Um, They have jalapeno and they have habanero.
1: So, you, 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 is that the tequila that I'm using? Or you, that's the great, that's the
2: Mezcal. And so it's an ounce that you delete the Grand manier and you use that instead.
1: So, I do two to one. Do you? Yeah. I do two Two ounces to one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cheers.
2: All right. Cheers.
1: Cheers.
0: Oh, so good. Oh, so yeah. Gino, why mandarin Perfect. other than that's very orangey and pretty and what's the difference? So there, what 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 would somebody experience different from
2: that? I'm an opportunist. You know, I'm an, I'm an equal citrus opportunist. Whatever is available and seasonal, I love to use. And Satsuma mandarin's only come out for a little bit of time. So yeah. when they're in the market, I'm all about it. I buy them. I use them. I use their skin. I dehydrate it. I make a powder. I use that later when I'm doing like rubs on food, pork. It's... You know, I just, I like, you know, I go to the markets and I buy what's available and I try very, very hard to not pressure, you know, the situation of like, you know, looking for things that are not just in the market. So this time of year, you get a lot of citrus from, um, you know, Florida and it's coming up in uh, California. And um, this is just one of those little precious gifts. So my Mandarin actually came from Jackson, Florida. So there you go. And how
1: different does it taste from an orange, a regular little, orange?
2: It's a little um, less acidic. Yeah. Right. So you know yeah. what it so is, it comes a little why more you're sweet. Putting, that's why we're putting the lime and this together because this is a, this is an old chef secret. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. You make an orange, it's like an orange. You put um, a lemon with it. And if you to make a grapefruit, it's like a grapefruit. Put a lemon with it.
1: Okay. Like a tangerine.
2: Oh. Or a, or a mandarin it tastes like a tangerine or a mandarin in food or drinks, you add a little lime juice. Because huh. the lime and the lemon have more acid, so it holds up against other things. If you put just the mandarin in, or a clementine directly into your drink of tequila, it would never hold up, you would never taste it. Mm-hmm. Not sure, but not with tequila.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you gotta add a little.
1: One.
2: Good tip, thank you.
0: you got add a little citrus with it. See why, see why I started the show? I, I, I learned all these things.
1: <laughs> And what is Jana's favorite? What's your favorite drink, Jana? What's your favorite lique- you know, right liquor? Right now,
0: my favorite drink right now,
2: probably, um, I've, been, I've been really into um, hot mezcal drinks because it's cold right now.
1: What do you mean, hot mezcal? What do you mean?
2: So I take Look like at like Debbie's face. Tell I'm me excited. more. So I'm um, excited. Mez- so I take mezcal um, um, and I pour two ounces in a mug uh-huh. and I take six ounces of hot water uh huh. with like and I use uh, Mexican cinnamon which I really love Stick. I have it yep I put that in and I just put a slice of orange and I drink those it's delicious and it's not very sweet and you can sip on it and it's so good and that I like, sounds great yeah super easy super easy and delicious and you can add other things that you want but I think if you use the Mexican cinnamon the canale cinnamon it's so good and it doesn't need any more spices if you're using a uh not cheaper a different cinnamon, a harder cinnamon you might want to add like a star anise or a, a cardamom pod just because it's not quite as pungent as that type of cinnamon
1: you're, you're a mess you you like mescal and Kayla, it sounds i mean that's like it's, it's so good as yeah. we were saying before the I show there's it, just nothing it, like it i don't know
2: it's the gift that keeps on giving
1: incredible
0: yeah, yeah. De- so uh debbie and i have that in common going to mexico and buying as much tequila as we can possibly get back into our bags i used without to bring back it way back at, uh,
1: customs <laughs> i used to bring back from mexico i've been going to mexico for years and years and years and went to school there and lived there and i think i was sharing some of that with you when we first talked um but i brought back um casadores which didn't exist here for years now you can buy it anywhere but at the time it was like you know it yeah. was pretty unique to have a you bottle are of it. You were fancy. I <laughs> was fancy, and I always brought it back for friends and for myself. And now you can get anywhere. This is the Mezcal that I'm drinking. It's Illegal. Mm-hmm. Love It's
2: a nice one, right? It's a Hoven. So good. Yeah, it's good. So good. we're yes. sharing. I'm... I'm
0: just little El Silencio, our friend oh, yeah. Torrance. It's a nice one, too.
1: So yeah. um, The George love... Clooney Mezcal is very good. What? Casa George... Amigos? Yeah, the Mezcal.
2: Do we get? Do we get, Can we get George Clooney on a podcast for Share Strength? Because that'd be okay. Uh, we would like that. <laughs> yeah, let's can do that. You? <laughs> and, you know, let's. Someone listening, please yeah. that. Sh- yeah, should do that. Shouldn't be too hard. yeah, Casamigas, make cocktails. George Clooney. We'll bring you on, Gina. Right.
0: And hunger. I'm in. I'm in. All right. I think we're right. gonna have to do a combo podcast just so like get, so all of our listeners know. Um, Please, Debbie, tell us about your podcast. Yes,
1: we have a podcast called Add Passion and Stir. And it's um, a podcast that talks about the intersection of food and all these issues we're talking about. So food and hunger, food and um, education, food and healthcare, food and immigration, food and the economy, workforce, entertainment, business. You can really talk about food in any of these ways. Um, So we usually have on a chef or a mixologist. And the thought leader on one of those topics. And um, lately, we've been doing a little bit more one on we've been changing the format a little bit. So it's a little bit more one on one um, that was two on one before just to kind of get a richer, deeper conversation going. Um, but yeah, so it drops every Wednesday. And um, it's, it's a great show.
0: So, George, if you're listening, what we're proposing is that you come on. We'll do a joint designated drinker, um, add passion and stir uh, podcast event, Bring, making sure we're bringing um, great cocktails, talking about your favorite you know, mezcals and tequilas and then feeding more people than we could ever imagine. So, George, if you're listening, you we're, we're doing it. I'm
1: sure he's listening. George, come on. <laughs> yeah. Operation Get George Clooney on the show.
0: That's a good operation. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So Gina, let's do our housekeeping, shall we? Or our barkeeping keeping, as you put it.
2: All right. So if you want any of our tips, tricks, and how-tos, um, how to's, so how to donate money, uh, get to share a strength, no kid hungry, be part of the solution, you're going to go to designateddrinker.show. One more time, you're going to go to designateddrinker.show. And this is the year, 2021 is the year to give and give more of yourself. So,
0: do it absolutely, absolutely. So yes, we'll make sure, Debbie, all of your links are there. All of our guests uh, they'll be in our episode notes as well as the website um, and exactly how to get to know Kids Hungry and find more, find out more about uh, share our strength and how yep. people can contribute and be a part of and and, and, and to your point, solve problems. So um, thank you,
1: but Gina, absolutely. thank you for um, fifteen years, and you know I know there will be another fifteen of just you know you. Uh, at, sharing what you what you love to do um, and, and making a real difference with us in the world. It means a lot. And thank you for having me on the show. It's been great. Thank
0: you. Absolutely. So Gina, I have one little question. Have question.
2: So, I mean, everybody in this day and age has a spirit animal. Like, oh, I really identify with, you know, a female doe because-
1: oh, this is so it, easy for me. Because
2: oh my she God. cares for her, her, you know, young and she's really great. But if you could be a spirit ingredient- Oh ingredient. Whether, okay. Whether it's alcoholic or just that one item in the kitchen or your pantry, what would it be and why?
1: I was all I was all ready to tell you what my, what my animal was, but that's for another show. I would be coffee, I think.
2: Why? I love yeah, that's it. It's the first.
1: Uh, is it really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Um,
1: you know, it's it how, how can you look forward to something with the same level of, you know. Excitement every single day. That's how people are with coffee. I mean, right? It it's how how could it taste so good every morning? It's just I love my coffee. So I absolutely,
0: coffee. absolutely. Yeah. Gina's been asking for t-shirts for a long time, and we're going to do coffee tequila, coffee tequila, rinse and repeat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Well, as an alcohol, I mean, I, I, tequila is just once I discovered it, it just nothing matched it so i really do i try wine i love you know i love beer but i really tequila is what i really like not, not drink them maybe. all but on the same night i don't do that <laughs> I, I, I do not
0: <laughs> i love your answer that's amazing no all right, all right ladies to Hi. 2021 being amazing finding ways to get to yourself Cheers. thank you for all that you do debbie thank you Thanks Gina, for, for being a me. part of it cheers cheers, cheers. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. To learn more about HCOA or to find out about Missing Link's other podcasts, head over to missinglink.company. That's MissingLink.com.